what's going on everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Brought to you by MSOTD Rocks or Rock and Metal Thrive. Wishing you a very, very, very happy Tuesday on this November 17th day. And my God, we got another great one for you today. So from the band The Lonely Ones with their cover of Flesh. Which is incredible, along with their other songs that are out right now. I got a chance to talk to the frontman of the band, Marty, and we got to talk about that whole entire Flash cover, how difficult it is to cover Queen, but then we got into talking about some other things as well in terms of the band's mentality right now when it comes to growing, but also growing during a time of COVID 19 and being ready for anything. And then the best part about it ever. The Midwest proving that in no way is rock dead. Rock is not dead. So please, please, please welcome to the podcast, Marty from the band, The Lonely Ones. Are you guys ready? Because this one is fun. So let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. This episode, I'm just going to start out with this simply. Flesh. Savior of the universe because this band covered that song to epic proportions. Got a lot of love from both Brian May, guitarist of Queen, and Sam Jones, the guy that played Flash Gordon. And holy crap, is their original sound out also incredible? So please welcome from the band, The Lonely Ones, Marty. So, Marty, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. How's it going over there? And I think when I saw the little like stats on everything and tried to look you guys up, because you're in New York, correct? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, you're in Columbus, Ohio. So how's everything going over in Ohio at this given day and time? Pretty good. Uh, it's been raining for the last four days straight. Um, we're not totally locked down, but we're pretty locked down. Um, but yeah, it's going good. Um, you know, surviving, thriving, making it happen. It's pretty much all we can do at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Seen everything on Netflix. I'm ready for some new serial killer documentaries now. Well, I mean, isn't like, well, because the day we're shooting this, isn't like the tomorrow, the day that Disney Plus releasing the second season of The Mandalorian? I, that's what I heard. I haven't seen the first season of Mandalorian. I haven't either. I'm not in, I don't have Disney Plus or anything like that. Plus, when it comes to the Star Wars stuff, like, I've never gotten fully into it. I've seen, what? I, I'll put it this way. Like, I've seen the original trilogy multiple times. Don't get me wrong on that. I've seen that a lot. When it comes to the prequels, I've seen those a good number of times because when I was growing up, I went to go and see those movies in theaters. And then I saw The Force Awakens when it came out. I saw Rogue One when it came out because my girlfriend at the time really wanted to go see it. I'm like, well, I'm not going to say no to that. But yeah. then after that, I haven't, I had did not see Episode 8. I did not see Episode 9. I just really wasn't into it. Really? I, Rogue One was really good, I thought. Um, I, I, I feel you, though. I kind of started to, you know, I went and saw... Um, in the theater, I think Solo was good. Everyone said it wasn't great. I thought it was amazing. Um, but you also told me you hadn't seen Flash Gordon the movie yet. I yeah, and it. and right when I told you that, it was like I felt like my like my stock in terms of my coolness stock with you went from like here up here to all of a sudden like way down here just after that. But <laughs> no, no, no way. I uh, but I understand. Um, I, I think you have to see it now. It's it, it's probably. Star Wars and The Mandalorian, all that. Flash Gordon's the best, best sci-fi movie ever made. I'm gonna have to watch it, and like when I do like all like the promo videos for this, like because I always do these two wacky ones, always leading up to it the date, like a couple days beforehand. They're all gonna have to be Flash Gordon related because I think that's just gonna be insane. I, I would agree. I, I don't think it's gonna hurt you. I don't think so either. But in ter- instead of using the Queen version, like 
dubbed over it. I'm going to use your guys' version on it instead to merely add to it. And first off, to see if anyone can actually tell the difference. Right on. They, uh, so they're talking about doing a remake of the movie. Really? So, yeah, it was one of the reasons why we decided to do that song. It was like, I mean, I'm a huge Flash Gordon fan and a huge Queen fan. And when I finally got talked into, um, Jimmy, our bass player, um, he, it was his idea. He's like, look, we're coming out as a new band. We got we to gotta come slinging. Everybody's doing covers. Let's do one where everybody's like, okay, um, you know, these guys are serious. So we decided to do Queen. Um, and at the same time, you know, there was rumblings of them doing the remake. So it's like, if we could, you know, get on that remake, we could kill two birds with one stone. Um, so it was, hopefully it was a smart business move as well as a childhood dream to play Flash Gordon with my band. It was amazing. Well, I mean, taking a look at a smart business move, I would definitely have to say so because when you take a look at the reception you got from guys like Brian May, from Sam Jones, a.k.a. Flash Gordon himself, and then seeing not only like what is done for your monthly Spotify listenership because that's always a stat that people are using nowadays, plus taking a look at the fact that you have over 116,000 Facebook followers for the band with a band that was formed, I believe it was in summer of 2019, so about a year and a half ago. Like, that is... So when it comes to like a smart business move, it seems like that really did work out well for you in the end. <laughs> it's, it's starting to feel pretty good. Um, yeah, it was like one of the things that we thought was hilarious and we had a big talk about it. It's like, if we do this queen cover, we're going to get so many people listen to it. Are we allowed to cast on this podcast? Oh, absolutely. All right. All right. <laughs> That's what we, we thought that for sure we we're going to get a bunch of people to listen to it because they thought this is going to be a hunk of shit. There's no way anyone can cover Queen. So, and we've actually had that uh, that theory, um, you know, test positive. People have said, "Well, the, the only reason I listen to it is uh, these guys are going to just, just, just. It's going to be awful." Um, so they were pleasantly surprised. So that was there was a couple, several angles that we took. It's like we do it real well. No one's ever going to believe it, um, and we're going to get a lot of traffic to see what kind of train wreck we, you know, that that is a Queen cover. But the fact that Brian May um, gave us the thumbs up, that was like, that was a dream come true. It was I'm Still to this day, I'm like, holy shit, Brian May heard it and gave us the thumbs up. And, and you know, when we were asked, what cover are you going to do next? Go, I, I don't know if we're going to do a cover next week. We got the thumbs up from the from the rock legend. Um, let's, let's do something <laughs> else now. It's as far as you can go, I think. Yeah, when it comes to covering Queen as well, I've always been a big proponent of this. Like, when it comes to covering songs, you can always take it one of two ways. One is you can always try and really figure out exactly what the artist did and really just hone in on that and really try and figure that out exactly and really make a cover that just is really powerful, just like the original, without really going too far into like the realms of redoing it entirely. Something like you guys did. Or you can go on a different route, like take um, The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel and then take the version that Disturbed did. And you're getting two completely different feels of a song, but they both hit equally as powerful. So you could go one of the two ways. And you went the way of just like trying to, especially with just the Flash Gordon song, not the hero, which we'll get into in a bit because that's also added on to it. But you guys really tried to focus on trying to hit exactly what Queen did on that one. And when it comes to trying to cover Queen, I mean, trying to hit the same vocals that Freddie Mercury did is damn near impossible. So I can see why people are like, oh, let's go check us out to see what kind of shit show it could be. But then when they listen to it, because even <laughs> when I listen to it, I'd have done the same thing. Like, let's see this pile of shit. Um, so I was banking on that. But um, as far as keeping them close to the original, um, whenever we cover songs, our plan is to kind of 
what if they were our age now and guitar tones were different and and you know the recording techniques were a bit different and i mean to try to re to me flash gordon sounds like it's from the future anyway so to try to reimagine that um it just sounds like it's from 2020 anyway the, the way the guitars sound like laser gun you know what i mean the guitars sound like it's just hard to describe those guys were so far ahead of their time and to try to reimagine it, it's like hell let's just try to hang on and, and for dear life it's just crazy yeah and when people listen to it there is like holy crap you guys actually pulled this off incredibly well because i mean like i said like the first time i heard it, i'm like holy crap like when you really listen to it you can't it's really hard to tell if this is your version or if it's the original queen version like it is so on point with that so I, I'm assuming when people listen to it and like assume like, oh, this might be an absolute shit show. But after just hearing that first, like the first flash, ah, like you're just sitting in their seats and just thinking, holy crap, was not expecting that to be that spot on. Thank you. Thank you. It's like um, Jake uh, early the lead guitar player. He's a really good singer. And Jimmy is a really good singer. And he's they both had those the really high, high range. I'm kind of more of a mid, high, low, lower kind of guy. So, you know, to try to do what Freddie Mercury did, it's like we had three people to do what one guy did. So we kind of cheated a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we got we got away with it because we have three pretty good singers in the band. And, and so it takes three to do the one job of one. But you're using that to your advantage, though, and that's the whole entire premise of it where – not one one person is not going to be able to come close to what Freddie Mercury did. Much uh, like I see the same thing with like guys like Chester Bennington or David Draymond to disturb because those vocals are so unique in their own right. Where trying to either cover them or just get a feel for them, you're not going to be able to match it up. But if you're going to take not only yourself but two other guys as well in the band that are pretty good singers and figure out where the strengths are in those to really match that sound. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be one guy, but you're going to end up getting what you guys got on this cover to just have people just blown away by it entirely. Thanks, man. Yeah, we had to, it was definitely, uh, there were some nervous moments. Um, just learning the music, like the down, 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 all those are different. And it was played to, uh, it's a movie soundtrack. So the tempo is like a snake, you know, that's in one section that don't, 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 is at a different BPM than the very next section when he's on the rocket cycle and um, so it moves all over the place. So that was very challenging at first, too, to get that feel without, you know, putting it to one tempo and just kind of playing it straight. So we, we definitely wanted to keep it that exciting, you know, movie kind of vibe. So that was a challenge, just getting all their, I mean, like I said, every little part was different. And even the stuff that seems like it's repeating is repeating in a different way. Um, so we got the music down and I started to get a little more, because I, I, I had to be talked into it. Jimmy was like, let's do Flash. I was like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's the worst idea ever. He's like, you know, we have to come out swinging. I was like, I agree, but it's Queen. Are you, are you crazy? And then he finally talked me into it. Um, it took about an hour and a half. Um, and then he said, once I, once I hung the phone up, I was like, all right, hell with it. Let's give it a shot. He said he sat there in sheer panic. Like, I didn't, never thought he was going to say, okay. I never thought a million years would be great. So he starts shitting his pants. Um, so then we got, we got the music down. I was like, all right, this is starting to really shape up. Um, we didn't take too many liberties. We just used different guitar tones and, and, you know, just more of more of modern kind of sound. Um, and then it was time to tackle the vocals, which I was like, Oh my God, here it comes. Here's the moment of truth. And we, we did an acapella. Um, we, you know, we said like, okay, here's your, this is your 
harmony. This is your harmony. This is your range. These are, these are, these are where we're strong. You're strong here. I'm strong here. You're strong here. Um, and we did an acapella for about, we got about to the third flash and I was like, Oh shit, we might be able to pull this off. It was sounding pretty good. Um, so that's when the, the stress started to go away and it started to become a lot of fun. Cause that's, that's one of the things like, covering your favorite bands it's like the, the beauty of it is you get to pretend like you're in pink floyd or you're in queen for two days or however long it takes in the studio you get to do all these things that they did these things you grew up listening to so you know we were going to do it anyway just because it was going to be fun and if it, if it turned out like shit it was still fun um and if it turned out well we'd put it out and, and people would think we were cool and that's all we really want is people think we're cool <laughs> I think you hit on that, especially. And then when you go to like, cause you also cover the hero apart as a part of it as well, which was awesome because then you're getting that full entire soundtrack in there. And when you went with that, I absolutely love what you kind of did there with the vocals. Cause that was you on the vocals, correct? With that part. Yep. So what, yep. cause I was constantly trying to figure out exactly why it's like the tone was clearly different than what Freddie Mercury would have done. But I'm like, why is this also working out in the exact same kind of power? And I was constantly running through my mind, listening, thinking, okay, what does this sound like? What kind of tone does this sound like? And what I ended up picking up on was it had this like rather higher pitch consistent style, like with an 80s rock vibe to it. And it reminded yeah. me of like a modern day, more like harder version of Fee Waybill from the tubes. Like the song, like she's a beauty, like one in a million girls. Just to kind of like, and, and, and the reason why I kind of just sat on that, I'm like, okay, this is kind of what the melody kind of feels like to the way you were singing it. But I absolutely love the move and like how it sounded as well, because you matched up with that like style and the times that Flash Gordon was created back in the eighties. So you have that vibe and that emotion in there, but it wasn't trying to be just like what Freddie Mercury would have done. So you had that differentiation in there that really did work out well, because what ended up happening was you matched the feel of the times and you matched the emotion of the tone as well overall. So that's where it really came into a lot of success in my opinion. Thanks man. Thanks. Um, it kind of like, so there was a movie that I watched when I was a kid. Um, it's called Rock and Roll. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. It was a cartoon on HBO and, and uh, Iggy Pop's in it and uh, Debbie Harry's in it. And, and uh, there's a, what I kind of modeled that part after was a, uh, a cheap trick song called Born to Raise Hell. And it was just that, I kind of just, I always liked the hero. It was one of my favorite things in Flash Gordon was that, just that rock and part. Um, and I love Freddie's voice on that part. I knew it was like, well, you're not going to be able to sing like a pristine angel. Um, so, you know, just, so I kind of, you know, modeled it after that dirty rock sound and kind of just opened my mouth and what came out is what happened. Like I said, you know, when you're trying to sound, sing what Freddie Mercury sings, there's part of it that you can, that you can control. The other part of it is you're just hanging on for dear life. And, and so it worked out somehow by the grace of God, it worked out. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Holy shit. So I was worried. That was a part of those worrying me. Like, here you go. You're by yourself. And you're supposed to be doing Freddy's parts. And, and so I was like, well, it's going to be, it is what it is. And but it ended up being pretty cool. But take, but again, taking inspiration from that time period as well to really, again, match the overall tone that was on there is what really worked out. But not trying to copy exactly what Freddy did was a smart move, man. Because again, like we've been saying, when it, you can't copy Freddie Mercury. I mean, it's just like when you talk about like a once in a generation voice. No, that's not once in a generation. That's once in a humanity kind of voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge Queen fan. And just to think about when they were recording that stuff and how many tracks they had and the amount of unlimited tracks that we have now and the amount of tools that we have to keep things, you know, 
click tracks and, and you can do it again and do all these different things um, to, for that band to just be able to do what they did in that time. It was raw talent. And it's just something that's like, I don't, I don't know if they make them like that anymore. There's some people out now that, that'll, you know, put tears in your eyes when they, when they sing. Um, I remember Greta Van Fleet. Um, I thought they were really cool. I was like, it's got this Zeppelin-y kind of vibe. I think it's really cool. And we played a show with them, a festival. We went on like a 12, and then they went on right after us. It was like 12.30. And they were just getting started. I heard the song on the radio and stuff. And um, but and I was like, we got done. We loaded our gear off real fast, blah, blah, blah. Um, we had a little bit of time, so I walked out front, and I was like, okay, this Greta Van Fleet's getting ready to play. Let's. I like what I heard on the radio. Let's see what happens. And they started that um, highway song. Okay. And that and that dude opened his mouth and removed all doubt. And it was about fifteen thousand people there, and he removed uh, the doubt of fifteen thousand people whether this guy can sing or not. And he can he lit the whole place up at one o'clock in the day. Just did, did the big big yell at the beginning of that big scream at the beginning of that song, and it was just you know there's some guys out there that, that'll that'll do that to you. Um, I don't know if I'm one of them, but there, there's some guys out there. <laughs> He's that kid. I, I was gonna say I don't know what's gonna end up happen is once we finally able to like see you guys play, uh, see everybody start playing live shows again. Hopefully that's sooner rather than later because I've got to. I mean everyone is feeling this, but it's me as well. It's like I got an itch to get back in that crowd and just start mosh pitting like crazy because that's what oh, I love God. to do. I mean again, if I get cuts above my eye, if I almost break my nose again, so be it. I kind of miss doing that. I do too. I'll, I won't take any of it for granted. Um, I've, you know, I've always tried to 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 not take anything for granted, and even the gas station hot dogs man I'm, i can't wait to taste one of those again I'm, I'm ready to get back on the road um the things that you know that's such a huge part of my life i miss it so much um i knew i would miss it i just didn't you know i miss everything about it i miss being broke down on the side of the interstate changing a tire i miss i miss you know the crowd singing the song back to me i miss it all it's like right i just can't wait i can't wait to get back and i can't wait to feel that energy again and you know be up all night looking out the windshield wondering when we're getting to the next town and waking up at radio grog and just i miss it every single bit of it and then from like the fan perspective as well for mine it's like because i think i can speak for a lot of different fans as well too where it's like we just miss going to those shows and just feeling the connectiveness not only with the bands that are on stage that we're seeing to perform but also the connectiveness with the other people in the crowd because there's some people that are in the crowd it's like i've seen them at many different shows I have no idea what their names are, but it's like when I see them, it's like, holy crap, it's you. It's like, hey, man, how's yeah. it going? And like, so we start talking about our lives and whatnot. I still remember these people's names. All of a sudden, like a band like Fit for a King would come on. And next thing you know, we're back into the pit trying to kill each other just because that's what's fun. After the after each song, everyone's high five and we're getting hugs from people. All of a sudden, it's like, all right, here's another one. All of a sudden, everyone like separates and then boom. Bam. Yeah. And it's, it's something that we truly do miss because it's just, man. I like when it comes to taking it for granted too, it's like, I don't, I, once I started this whole entire thing, I'm like, that's what I really want to do. I love going to shows. And it's just like, I had, I went to so many last year. I had so many planned for this year. It's just like, yeah, that didn't happen. But it's, it's just, I'm not taking that for granted. It's like, if I have a chance to go see a show, it's like, maybe I want to go see this band. Maybe I don't want to go see this band. Maybe I'm not feeling up to it. I'm always telling myself, remember 2020, what you'd always think. If you could just go to a show, you're going to go no matter what. So even yeah. if you're feeling down out about it, go. <laughs> That's what I say. If it's a Thursday night and there's a 
local band playing down the street, I'm going. It's like I just I want I want the bass hitting me in the chest again. I I, I miss it. It's a very comfortable place that that uh, you know feel very uncomfortable not being there. It is, and especially like because I know like with the with the only ones you guys have been around for about a year and a half now. So I mean, no, not really. We've been around. Our first song came out uh, March sixteenth, two days after the lockdown. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're brand new. We're we still got diapers on. Oh wow! Well, not the ch- like the actual diapers or the chin diapers when people pull their mask down and just around their chin. It looks like they've got a face diaper on. I like that. It, make, it makes creates a wonderful jawline. It's like a beard. <laughs> it kind of is. It's 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 beard for the beardless. That's what I said. I can't grow a beard. It looks all trashy and white patch, or it looks all patchy and white trashy. So I kind of feel kind of feel very manly with my chin diaper on. Or I kind of stick with this, where it's just like, yeah, it's got a some scribble. It's like it shows a little bit, but if I let this go out longer, it's gonna look like a like a seventeen year old Amish kid. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep this short if I'm gonna do this. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's like I, I don't have the the beard power. I just can't grow. It just never could. I don't. For some reason, my brother has it, so it makes no sense. Like, okay, why did he get it and I didn't get it? But then again, I got height and strength over him, so I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, you can't have it all. You can't yeah. have it. All. Can't be perfect. That's like that's like the it's the one thing that I don't have that he has. I mean, I got the looks too, so I'm gonna take it from there. <laughs> he looks great with his beard. He is, there's one time he grew out the beard. He looked like he was. I, I almost I started calling him Hezekiah because he looked Amish. Right on the ones that grow out like this, not down. The ones that grow out. And straight, yeah, it's yeah. just like it poofed out, and like it's it wasn't like going down. It was just outward. And I'm like, oh okay. Then all of a sudden, I saw something. And we put a video on Facebook. He's like, all right, time to do something. He's like, Ugh! and all of a sudden, it just cut off real quick, and just like we transitioned to another like another frame, and it was just him completely clean shaven. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, you went from Amish to baby like that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> baby faces are coming back. I'm telling you. I mean, for my sake, I'm, I don't know. I could go either way just because it's like I can do the short beard or I can do it completely clean shaven. Either or, it doesn't matter to me as long as I don't have to do lumberjack beard. Baby faces are going to make a comeback. Everyone's going to get tired of the, the old lumberjack look and it's the baby faces are going to be back in. I'd like to have one. <laughs> you you just got you just got to be versatile and if and for right now cuz you know beards are still kind of in just again you do the do the mask down by the chin the chin diaper thing you look at get that epic jawline you got the beard going on just for the cover of it you're good to go at first glance yeah if i move quick no one will be able to tell yeah first glance on those but going back to it cuz you said you put out your first single again on like March 16th which was 2 days like like right around the time when everything was starting to get shut down too so that's an incredible time to kind of start putting out music because you can't really go and tour off of it at that point due to the fact that yeah. no, no one knew what the hell was going on. No one knew how bad this was going to end up being, how bad it could be, how everything was going to go off on it, especially with how different government regulations are going to happen, not only nationally, but state to state. So it was a whole entire question up in the air kind of thing. And that's when you guys start putting out music. So what was that like due to the fact that I've known a lot of bands that were putting out music at that time, but none that really just like put out their first stuff right at that time. I guess so. We, you know, we we were in a, a the period where we were getting ready to go. It's like okay, everything's gonna, you know, we got the record done, we got got the new vehicle, we, um, you know, we're tight, we're we're rehearsed, we're ready to go. We had shows booked and all that stuff, um, and you know, the it hit all at once. So we were kind of just 
there's nothing. We didn't know what to do with like how this could last two months. This could last six months. I remember going into the grocery store and nothing being on the shelves and getting that weird little walking dead feeling like this is the start of something really shitty. Um, you know, I thought it was good. Not that it's not bad, but I thought that, Oh my God, there's going to be chaos. Um, it's going to, you know, people have been pretty cool. Um, in Columbus anyway. Uh, but our thought was, you know, if we can't put music out or if we can't go tour and we can't do the traditional route and, and all that stuff that we had planned, um, people are going to be stuck at home with nothing to do. So we, at least the thing that we can do would be to give them, you know, new music. It's like, and, and so we've continued to do that since it's been about probably every month, month and a half, we've released something new, a new single. Um, so that would be, was our plan it was like, well, this is, this is, this is what we got. We've been given sour lemonade we might as well um you know might as well get some music out and give people something to do when they're locked down because it's going to get pretty boring people are going to go pretty stir crazy so at least give them something you know our fans and and you know something exciting something that we feel would be exciting is new music and something to freak out on while they're stuck at home so it was just kind of it was, just, it was one of those situations where it is what it is we the we're not going to get to do what we want to do you know what we had planned to do but we'll make the best of it. We'll, you know, we'll give people something to something to check out when they're stuck at home and, and you know, sick of hanging out with their family. They can put their headphones on and piss <laughs> off and listen to something new. Yeah, but then the, one thing I will say about it is like the mindset you had behind that as well has been something that I've been a huge proponent of ever since this whole entire pandemic thing started. And the reason behind that is because it was something exactly what you said. People are going to be stuck at home. People are going to be, after about a week or two, I mean, everyone, it was like Tiger King. Oh, big thing with that. But then after that, it was, you know, people are going to end up rewatching The Office for like the 15th or 16th time. And it's just people are going to be begging for something new after about two, three weeks of that. And I saw bands that were postponing their album releases due to the fact that they wanted to like postpone because they weren't sure when this was going to end. They thought this was going to be over with by mid to late summer. So they're pushing their album releases back to then so that they could also tour them and go back on with that original uh, plan and what bands have been doing for years however there are other bands that decided you know what screw this we're gonna put out new stuff we're gonna put out these albums even though we can't tour on them and the reason is because people are begging for new stuff after after a while people are gonna be on their phones on the internet constantly so if you put this stuff out there people are gonna end up paying attention to it it's because that's where the attention is right at that moment and bands like august like bands like august burns red bands like the band red they did trivium did it from ashes to new killed it on that front as well with all the covers that they did. So it made a lot of sense to do something like that where it's like, okay, release new music during this time, because even though you can't tour, even though you can't, even though you're all ready to go and you can't do it instead of wishing for what was you were looking at what is and adapting to that. Yeah. And I think too, um, you know, there might be a silver lining to all this um, for bands for newer bands um, because they are filling that void of new stuff coming out. And it is going to be, you know, the touring cycles. I, I assume, I, I don't know, but I assume that it's going to open up slowly. So the 50,000 seaters aren't going to open up right away. So it's going to be smaller live shows and, and social distance shows and things like that. So the, the bands that are newer and smaller are going to start to fill the, that void a little bit. Um, so there's, I, I think there's going to be a, a, a uprise in, independent underground bands coming here soon because you know we are going to put out the records and we are going to move on uh, business as usual and we we don't have to wait for the big release 
with the tour, with the radio campaign, that kind of thing that you have to do when, you know, you're, you're a massive band and all those things fall into place and, and that's the way you promote a record. Um, we're going to just put it out because, well, we're fucked either way. So might as well, might as well get some, you know what I mean? Might as well give somebody something to do um, because, you know, movies like just even for new movies to come out, there's, there's no new movies coming out. There's no, there's nothing going on. It's pretty much silent out there. So if you put out your stuff, then you're the, the big fish in a little pond for a minute. Seems like maybe it's, it seems like it. And when it comes to the, um, like when venues are able to open up again, what you said about that independent bands can really take advantage of that. I hope that's the case. However, I kind of don't see it happening that way. The reason is because when the, these venues are able to open up again, like, you know, those smaller venues or those medium sized venues, like those ballroom concert hall kind of stuff that are, can have like two, 3000 people in there. And they're going to be able to start bringing in more people those bigger bands are going to want to fill the void and tour and try and get more people out there because, you know, they're the bigger bands they are going to get the bigger draw. They're going to be able to get the money to come in and they may be able to have some money to, you know, maybe throw at some of these venues to help them out as well. And it's going to, and I think that could potentially push the, these more emerging and more independent artists out of the way for a little bit, because again, those bigger bands, they just have more weight that they can throw around in that. I hope that isn't the case because there's so many independent bands or so many newer bands that are emerging in the scene right now that I've had a chance to talk to and listen to that are putting out incredible stuff and people are starting to get behind them. But I'm just afraid that again, it's going to be a whole monetary issue with how independent venues are trying to make money and just survive right now. Plus I'm seeing independent venues starting to close down left and right. So then the supply of stages is going to be less than what it was before this, which is an absolute travesty due to the fact that now all of a sudden, where people that want to go and express the certain emotions through live shows, through music, like people go to sporting events and do that, and those aren't going to go away. But live music, I mean, you're going to have less of a supply there due to the fact that there's these stages that are going down left and right because they're not getting any fucking help. Yeah, I, I, I that could that's also could be the other side of it. Um, there could be a traffic jam as far as as all these shows that were scheduled then are rescheduled then are rescheduled again this could be a you know what i mean i don't know what's going to happen um but i feel like like i said i feel like us you know us and other bands putting out music now are going to catch that that wave of you know i really got into this band and this was the band that I, i was listening to when nobody else was putting out music um hopefully i don't know it's it's I, 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 it's hard to make any predictions at this point. 2020 has been a, uh, been a quite the roller coaster, <laughs> quite the many curveballs coming out of the 2020. Uh, you know, it's just been, it's been very strange. It, it has been. And I hope it's the case where, you know, bands are able to go out and tour again, but then the independent bands and these emerging bands that people were really starting to get into during this time end up being the bands that are able to get into these venues and play live shows because, Hey, why not? You know, people are starting to get into them. Or for some of these venues as well, like here in Milwaukee with the rave, because they've got three different stages within one complex it, that what I could see this happening. Once they're able to start having live shows, like there's going to be a show on each stage every single night. And, and probably pretty big bands too. Yeah. Probably decent sized bands that wouldn't normally play the, the smaller stage. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be an explosion. I don't know if it's going to, if it's going to be good for us or bad for us, but we're, like I said, we're we're navigating through those waters one way or the other, um, and you know I always try to look on the positive side because if not, I wouldn't be in the music industry. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and this, 
And and the tough part about it too right now is, is like, cause we'd have no idea of when that's going to be or what it's going to look like. You can't really be, it's hard to be proactive at that point to really try yeah. to figure out exactly because you could be completely proactive, assuming one thing and it could go the exact opposite way. And then you're left in a vulnerable site. So it seems like maybe the best thing in this instant is to see right away what happens. I'm not saying wait a lot, wait a little bit to figure it out, but like right away, see what happens and react to that right away. So it you kind of have that proactive reaction where you're reacting right away yeah. to it. You're adapting to it right away so that all of a sudden, okay, maybe some of these bigger bands are playing some of these massive, like these like smaller, like bi- massive bands are playing some of these smaller venues because that's what they're able to get into. But they might be looking for openers too, just because, you know, some, some of these rescheduled tours, some of the openers might not be able to play anymore. Some of those openers might not be around anymore. You never know. That is an yeah. opportunity to take. That's what we, uh, we had shows booked for October and we thought, you know, back when we booked those shows, we we're like, well, that's, that's plenty of time. Um, you know, we're reading the, reading the articles and, you know, if everybody wears their mask and this and that, no, you know, we thought that October would be plenty of time when well, we got to October and had to cancel everything. So we have things booked for March. Um, fingers crossed the same thing doesn't happen, but it very well could. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I won't be surprised if we get to March and they say, yeah, you, you can't do any of these shows. It's still too dangerous out there. Um, so we're just kind of, as far as being proactive, we're locking down dates and then kind of seeing what happens as we get closer to them. Um, but that's, uh, that's about all we can do. It's like, I think a bad move would be to wait until it all opens back up and, and try to jump in the, throw our hat in the table or throw a hat in the, whatever you say, throw your damn thing in the hat, however the <laughs> fucking statement is. <laughs> throw your hat um, in the ring. Yeah, there it is. There, it is. there we um, go. So I think that's, you know, as far as being proactive, that's what we'll do is we'll assume that things are going to be back to normal, but be prepared for them not to be because um, that's been the case you know, for the last year, the last time we played a show was a year ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And that was in, in the, the band that we were in before this. So it's, it's, I was soon, I'm, I'm trying to stay, stay ahead of the curve. You know what I mean? It's like, let's book shows. If they get ended up getting canceled then, then that's what has to happen. But if they don't get canceled, we'll be ready to go and we'll have them on the books. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's the way to go about it. I think the best way to describe that too is like right now you and the band, you guys are open to whatever happens. You guys are not trying to stay set in your ways. You're trying to be like, okay, if we're going to be able to play live shows in March, boom, we're going to be ready for that. If we're not going to be able to, we're going to be ready for that with something else. So you kind of have that proactive sense in a way, but of course, once that, once that might happen, all of a sudden, again, all these venues might be able to open up again. All these kinds might be able to happen then just seeing exactly where you can get into and see where you can get like added on to maybe as an opener for one, one of those bigger bands. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not talking about like a bigger band, just like, Oh, band that's bigger. I'm talking about like a big freaking head honcho that would be selling out these like massive concert halls, like the rave here in Milwaukee or selling out like the Aragon ballroom in Chicago or the armory in Minneapolis that cause the armory holds yeah. like 8,400 people at, at its max capacity. And I've seen people go crazy at those places, mostly because I am one of them. <laughs> you started it all yeah that's what i think uh, it, it's going to be a challenge either way um you know it's it, right, we just got to kind of kind of you know decide what what our best move is and, and hold our cards tight and, and see if, if we uh, make the right gamble or not um but you know i don't even really know what to say it's like i'm just trying to keep positive it's, it's coming there's gonna it's gonna open back up we're gonna be ready when it does and uh, hopefully we've made the right decisions. We, we, you know, made the right strategic moves to, to be able to come out of this thing, um, 
you know, come out swinging. Well, staying positive and staying hopeful is a very powerful thing as well, because one thing that always kind of can drive people in the most dire situations, and it's kind of, a, it's a very big psychological thing is just the feeling of hope. Just because like, if you feel like, okay, we might be able to get back to this. We might be able to survive. We might be able to get that. Just that little bit of hope can drive someone towards greatness or towards survival or whatever it might be. So that hope is a very good thing to have. Plus, I mean, when you're taking a look at it now, it's like, you know, you might be taking some gambles, but again, you've taken gambles already with the lonely ones and that have worked out again, going back to the whole flash Gordon cover. That's a huge gamble again to cover queen, but it worked out tremendously. So gambling on yourself has proven to work. So yeah, why not I mean, keep that, doing that, it? That's the attitude we've always had is we're, we're doing this anyway. You know, we're, we're doing it in, we, there's no backup plan. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's like I've done roofing jobs and I've, worked, you know, for companies and things. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that again. This is, the, this is the, this is, this is what we're doing. So, you know, whatever's thrown, we, we laugh about the, you know, what happened with the lockdowns and stuff. Like, well, here's our first obstacle. If we can get past this, we'll be okay. Um, so it was our very first, as a band, here's our first uh, hill to climb. And it's a big one. So if we can get to the top of that and get on to the other side. We pretty much handle anything after that. Plus, one thing you can do, too, is you can take that I've done, especially with this lockdown, too, is you can take different aspects within your own life and what has happened and see like, okay, maybe this lockdown is bad, but it might not be as bad as other points in your life have been. So it's like if I can get through what I went through beforehand, I can easily get through this. And that's where kind of that hope and feeling comes in when it comes to the band as well. It's like as a band. This might be your, this is easily your first major hurdle you guys have to overcome. Yeah. But then again, you're not alone in this. Every band is having to overcome this at this point, big yeah. or small. So it doesn't necessarily matter. But one every thing you person, guys, yeah, every, yeah. every person is um, uh, in the world is going through the same thing. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, this just happened to us. It's happened to the, you know, venue owners. It's happened to the, everybody, grocery store clerks, you know, uh, everyone is going through the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's something where the decisions that we made to, you know, cancel shows was, was for safety of, um, you know, music co uh, concert goers and things like that and, and our own safety. Um, so I feel like, you know, we have to do our part um, and our part is to, to act like we have some fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and, and, you know, and our other part is to put out music and, and give people something, something to listen to while they're, while they're stuck at home. And, and that's just, I guess, that's where we're at with it. That's like so. That's what we do for a living. Is we we write and record and perform music. So we're just gonna keep doing that until, until we're allowed to do it out on the road. With, um, you know, screaming, screaming crazy people in the pit. That's where <laughs> can't wait to get back to that. And it's a, one one of those live shows. If I'm there, that's what you're exactly you're gonna find me in the pit, whether or on the side of the pit. Depends on if I'm bleeding that point or not, or if I have blood. Because usually, if I get a cut and I start bleeding. I will stay on the edge, but I won't jump back in because if I get the bleeding to stop, the last thing I want to do is go into the pit, start bleeding again, and start getting blood over everybody. That's the worst thing I can do at that point. What's the what's the craziest pit you've ever been in? Ooh, that's a good one because the most energetic pit I've ever been in was probably for after the burial because I saw them. They opened up for Motionless and White last October here in Milwaukee, and that was one where – I jumped into it and it was just the pure energy of it. The whole entire show and everything that they were doing at that point was absolutely insane. The hits were super duper hard and I'm just loving it. And at that point, right at the end of their, like right at the end of their second last song, their last song, I don't remember which one it was, 
but I got knocked down for like the first time in months at this point. And as I'm getting picked back up by like three people, some guy trips and hits me like head on head collision. And I like, I put my hand over like this cause it felt like right above my left eye, right below my left eyebrow, right here, giant gash, blood start like, a few everywhere. And the guys like telling me like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I just said, get me the fuck out of here. And I wasn't mad at the guy. I'm like, I just don't want to bleed over everybody because that's the God, last yeah, thing yeah. I want. And oh, as I'm yeah. in the bathroom, like having like, cause they didn't have any paper towel there. I had to use toilet paper, like try and stop the guys. Like, dude, I'm so sorry. I hope you're not mad at me. Like, dude, I'm not mad at you. Well, why'd you say, get the, get me the fuck out of here. I'm like, cause I didn't want to bleed over everybody, man. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, we, were, yeah. we were laughing about it. This girl that I met there, she gave me a piece of her flannel shirt so I could put a bunch of toilet paper here, tie the flannel around my eye. I looked like a pirate. It looked kind of cool. I got back out there. People were like, you get back in the mosh pit. Nope. I'll stay on the side and push people, but I'm not getting back in because I don't want to bleed over everybody. The what I saw for most of us in white that night was insane as well. Probably my favorite one of all time though was Riot Fest last year when I got to go see Rise Against because not only was this like the whole entire massive crowd, just everyone was smashed so together that people were kind of like just constantly jockeying for position. But when an actual pit opened up, I was like, <gasps> breathing room. And then I saw it was the pit and I dashed <laughs> over there even faster. And it was just people at that point were just happy to be like in some breathing area. But again, the hits were hard as hell. And that one was where I kind of had this moment of like, I'm going ape crazy because rise against my favorite band of all time. And nice. I end up I, like, I was at like, people were getting leveled left and right. And I was picking everyone up because I didn't get knocked down once. I was kind of doing more of the leveling. And there was one point where I had <laughs> someone up on my shoulders in the pit. That was the craziest part of it all. Yeah. That's awesome. It's hey, crazy craziest pit I, I was ever in and i didn't mean to be in it um i just somehow got down front it was like oh it was a it was an oz fest i think yeah and it was slayer and i was like oh i somehow got down here this is great like people went off to get food or whatever and, and it kind of opened up a little bit and i got down in the middle and then i was like who's coming up on stage and like slayers next and you see all the the backdrop some banner start and i start looking around I was like wait a second and it just goes eight shit I didn't stay very long, but I remember get. I remember like really being um, like excited that I got out of that pit without getting hurt, and that was the last pit that I ever went in. I got, ah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna watch from the outside and watch how crazy it gets. But I remember that just kind of not paying attention, like just all of a sudden turning around, like, oh, you're in the middle of the Slayer pit and it's getting ready to go off. You better get the hell out of here. Um, but it was exciting. It was, it was cool. I'm hoping that I never get to a point where I'm like. Man, I just, I don't want to be in a pit anymore. I'll be fine watching. I hope I don't get to that point. I know it's going to come at some time. So I'm going to get <laughs> as many as I can before I feel like, okay, I can't do this anymore. But I'm not, I'm not a very big dude. I'm I like, I'm like five, seven with cowboy boots on. So a Slayer pit, I, I don't, can't even see over anybody's shoulders. It's just, it's just the luck of the draw. I didn't get killed in there. Yeah. For, for me, it's, I'm six foot one. I'm like always hovering between like 185 and 190. So it's, I can deliver the hits, but it's going to be somewhere. If you get one of those like big 260, 270 pound guys that are in there and They're they always get me. Yeah. Like, cause I saw this was back in February before everything got shut down. Cause I was in Madison, Wisconsin. I saw it was the word alive, escape the fate and falling in reverse. And cause the word alive went on first, like they were doing some of their harder stuff. And I found the pit files. Like I went over there right as I got in there within five seconds, big 275 pound guy just decks me. I land flat on my back and all you can hear out of me is just <laughs> yeah, totally knocked yeah. the wind out of me. Got picked up and he's like, 
dude, are you okay? I'm, and I looked at him like, that's what I needed. Why? I'm good the rest of the show. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm good I to go nuts the rest of the show. Like, I got that first hit out of the way. Almost broke my nose at that show, too, because during Popular Monster, my following verse, during the during the first part, like, yeah, here we go again, motherfucker. Some dude elbowed me right in the nose. And it was such a hard hit. It sounded hollow as hell. I was like, oh, my God, I broke my nose. I felt no pain, trying to move it around, saw no blood. And then all of a sudden, I get yanked to the side. I'm like, what the hell's going on? The guy's yanked to me and said, dude, we saw you take that hit. You're leading the wall of death. I'm like, cool. And then I saw the guy <laughs> that hit me with the nose. I saw him walk out. I just pointed at him. And all I saw him do was just like, dude, like the uh, Morpheus in uh, the Matrix, just the, like, bring it on. <laughs> and I just, it was kind of like a college football targeting penalty. I'm pretty sure that's the best way to describe it. But leveled them, picked them right back up. Everything was all good. Yeah, that's the way it always is. Is like, it seems very violent in there, but everybody's very nice. It's just the, the, the smashing parts where you get hurt. The pickup part's the easy part. Oh, yeah, the pickup parts part, especially because there's times where people do get knocked down and it's like one or two more people trip over them. And you're going to get a mass amount of people that will also go to pick them up, but then another mass amount of people that will be like shield them so that they'll take the hits on the outside so then these people can actually pick them up and everyone's safe and ready to go. I've seen that happen before. I've been a part of those. Most times, part of the shields on those. So I've taken a couple of hits straight to the back, just like just trying to like hold off (laughs) some people from. So, you know, three or four people can actually get back up so we don't trample them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always cool. Like, um, what's the like? Who's the craziest band? Who's your favorite band you've ever seen? Like, so Rise Against is your favorite band. Rise Against is my favorite band. I've seen them nine times. Really? Wow, wow. Who's who was the biggest surprise that you saw live and thought, "Oh my god, this band! I can't believe I wasn't a huge fan of this band. I am turned on now." Oh, absolutely, Ice Nine Kills. Absolutely, without a doubt. I saw them two days after Halloween last year. And it was like what I was talking about earlier, like those shows are like, you know, you just don't really want to go to. It's like you have the tickets, but like, man, I'm tired. I'm really not feeling it. But I ended up going anyway because they were uh, headlining with Fit for a King and like the torch opening for them, along with Awake at Last as well. The reason I wanted to go is I want to see Howard Jones perform. That was really why I wanted to go. But then I'm like, okay, that was that was good. Fit for a King comes on. There's a lot of good metalcore in there. So I was getting in the pit. I was having a blast. Then Ice Nine Kills comes on. I'd known two songs there at that point. From that show, they went from being a band I knew almost nothing about to my second favorite band of all time. It just, because just everything around the sound, the show, I mean, it didn't matter where you were in the crowd. Whether you're in the pit, just outside the pit, in the middle of the crowd, right up front, off on the side, just watching the performance, whatever it was, it was a freaking blast. And I was in all parts of those at any given time. It was, that was a show where I'm like, I I was that, I was kind of like, not sure if I was going to go, but after I left, I'm like, <gasps> This was yeah. amazing. That's, that's the great thing about live shows. And, and it could go one way or the other. You can go and see a band and be like, this is my favorite band and see them live and be like, ah, it sucked. And maybe the band doesn't suck. Maybe it was an off night. Maybe the sound was bad. Well, but there's those magic moments when you go and, and it's just like, this is the greatest band in the world. Where have I been? How did I, how did I miss this band? What was, what was I even thinking? Um, and those are my favorite moments. Um, I, one of the bands that like, I was a big fan of Coheed and Cambria. And they played Rock on the Range, which is here in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I had no idea. Like, I'd always liked them and, and thought they were great. I had, once the show started, it was like, this is the best band in the world. Um, there's been several shows like that. Um, I saw the new Static X with uh, um, with Ethel Dope singing. Okay. Um, yeah, it was really good. Like, it made me fall back in love with Dope and, and uh just a bunch of really cool stuff like that. It's like live shows, that energy and stuff 
when it, when it catches you just right, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. And then to be on stage and that happen, I, I, it's nothing better. Yeah, like, like you had the, both of those sides where it's you've been in the crowd and felt that energetic kind of style, but then also you've been up on stage and felt that as well, again, just on the other end. But it's all that connectiveness and all that happiness and pure joy that people have just from going to those shows. It's this energy that, that it, like it's like you said, it's happiness, it's, it's anger, it's positivity, it's sadness. It's all this energy at one time that just balls up and just shoots up into the sky. And, and to be a part of it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I'll never, never take it for granted again. And again, hopefully we were able to get back to that at some point, because like you said, you had schedule or a show scheduled for October, but then because, well, we all know what happened with October and uh, nothing. So we were, everything was still shut down. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully by the time March comes around, cause I've been, I've said this on a couple of podcasts where I'm like, if there comes a point where all of a sudden they're like, okay, we can do live music again, but you have to wear a mask during the whole entire show. No exceptions. The first thing I'm going to say is how much for the ticket? Because I'm in, I don't care. I'm yeah. in. I'll have it. I'll get my mask with my favorite band on it. And I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Same, same concepts. Like, you know, if we have to wear masks at shows and, and have to social distance stuff, let's go. Um, I got to get to a show about, three weeks ago was out it was outdoors it was a social distance show it was a band from here that's making a lot of waves from columbus ohio um and it was cool it was super cool everybody stayed at their tables um the band sounded great it was i i needed it you know i was like ah it was that you know that grasp of normalcy again and and the place you know that's where we belong as musicians and bands we belong in the, in the audience and on the stage and and it was a it's a nice little glimpse into that world again so if that's what's got to happen, they're doing drive-in shows and stuff here too. I know that uh, <clears throat> a couple of guys from Shinedown and, and uh, Solid from Godsmack did a drive-in show here, which was a huge success, um, <clears throat> which I thought, you know, at the drive-in shows, you could get out of the car. I'm, I'm stupid sometimes. I was like, well, that doesn't sound like much fun. Then I saw a bunch of pictures and was like, you're, it's pretty much a festival, but you can't go six feet that way. So, you know, that's going to happen a lot. Um, I don't know, you know, now that it's cold again, it's going to be a little weird, but I would wear a raincoat and several jackets to go watch a show right now. I, I would too. And it was, um, cause didn't Beartooth do one in Columbus as well? Uh, they're from Columbus. They did one in Wisconsin. Um, yeah. In Exelwood. It yeah, was, they, uh, in Oshkosh. Yeah. yeah. Oshkosh. And a bunch of people said, um, we have a lot of friends and stuff from touring out in Wisconsin is like the, the Europe of rock. Or it's like the Europe of the United States for rock and roll, Wisconsin is. Yeah. You got JJO, you know, you got, um, there's some great radio stations out there that don't play by the rules and do what they want. And, and rock shows are massive in the Midwest. Um, but yeah, the, the Bear Tooth show looked really, really cool. I know people that were there and said it was awesome. They said, you know, it wasn't the same as, as being down in the crowd and smashing into everybody, but it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to, um, interview the band that ended up opening up for Beartooth that night because i saw they were from milwaukee they're called american bandit they're oh yeah metalcore yeah. band out of here yeah, here out of milwaukee where i'm from so i'm like oh this is fucking awesome like i was kind of and i wasn't going to the show because usually when i go to shows like i saw how expensive like because you could get a car load it was gonna be like 80 bucks per car and i'm like okay i if if it was again if it was a band like rise against i would have gone by myself willy-nilly no big deal you can take what four four to six people for 80 bucks a car or something like that yeah, and for me, it was like the friends that I know that would want to go to that show live in Minnesota. So I'm like, okay, it, like I told them, if you guys commit to this and actually like are set in stone with this, you just have to commit to it. I will pay for the whole entire thing. I don't mind. 
All I need to make sure is that you guys are actually going to show up because I've been burnt too many times buying tickets and people just either not showing up at the last minute or canceling at the last minute and then me being stuck with the bill. And right, get a I, deposit. Get a yeah. deposit. And I didn't hear anything back from them until like the day beforehand. They're like, are you still going? I'm like, no, because I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything from you guys. I didn't want to spend the money. So whatever shit happens. But I heard from that, from the, from the guys in American man, they're like, cause I, I did a podcast and I released it already. And it was like, yeah, they enjoyed it because it was something different, but people were just like going absolutely crazy just in that little space they had with their cars. But again, it was a whole entire experimental thing because they said, that people were really social distanced really well because they had to stay within that range. But they had two places, the merch table, and they had a beer tent because, you know, yeah. gotta, it's Wisconsin. You got to sell beer at some point. It was just oh, like yeah, yeah. that's where everything kind of got lost because, you know, you go into a beer tent, everyone's kind of packing together again, going to a merch table. Everybody's in line, but instead of being like that six feet apart line, just everyone condensed because, well, if the line's going to be super duper long, they're not going to be like six feet apart and just have people walking through them and cutting into them. So, I'm like, I get where that happens, and I can see, like, for a drive-in show, yeah, it's going to be just a whole entire new concept that people are trying out, because I know Beartooth was doing it. Like you said, the guys from Shine Down and Sully from uh, Godsmack are doing it. I know Skillet did a couple of them as well, so it's just a whole entire th- uh, thing to look at. But as winter is approaching, winter is coming, up here in these, up here above, you know, in the northern part of the United States, we're not going to see any of those. Winter's up there, yeah. We, as a touring rock band, I know exactly what the winters are like in Minnesota and Milwaukee and, and Iowa and South Dakota. It's, it's pretty brutal, um, but not for for us. It's brutal. You guys seem to be fine with it. We played shows in Wisconsin where I was like, "It's a blizzard. There's nobody going to show up. The place be sold out. Nobody give a shit." And they're like, "Oh, oh we easily. To, we don't care." Yeah, I've, I've been home. this. <laughs> I, I was yeah. at some of, I was at some of those shows. I was at one of those shows. It was uh shoot. It was earlier in the year here because it was uh there was an AHL Milwaukee Admirals game and Skillet was doing their first show of the year. It was like their warm up show before they went on tour. They were doing it after the Admirals game. I'm like, oh man, this is awesome! And it was snowing that whole entire day. And I'm like, well, we'll see how many people actually show up to this game because it was gonna be after the game. And you go walk in the arena and the place was just with people i'm like this does not surprise me in the slightest because yeah, yeah. it's it, unless unless we're getting like snowmageddon again where we had two feet dumped on us in one night we're still going that's i that's the cool thing about the midwest the midwest isn't bad because it's flat now i i get really stressed out when we have to tour to the northwest in the winter i'm like there's mountains out there and the, oh god it's, it's a little it's 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 got to be a good tour for us to do that. It's like we we usually decide to go to Florida during that time. Like, let's go down south. But we have done the in the northwest in the in the Rockies and stuff. It's pretty gnarly in the wintertime. Midwest you can get away with it. It's brutal cold, but it's flat. So as long as you can drive in the snow and ice, you'll be all right. You just got to go a little slower. Yeah, but out there in those mountains in the in the northwest, it's treacherous. I was saying, it's got to be aesthetically like the drive. It's like, oh, it looks nice out here. You got the mountains and everything. You got the snow cat mountains. You got the trees. It's a great landscape. But trying to drive in that is uh, yeah. like, like, cause I remember I had to drive from, um, uh, shoot, where was, what was I doing? Was that, um, I think it was my cousin's wedding. We flew into Denver and her wedding was going to be in Estes Park, right by outside of Rock Myers Park, right where the Stanley Hotel is. And yeah. we had to drive from Denver there. It's like an hour. And because my dad was like dead shit tired, my brother was passed out. My mom didn't want to drive. I'm like, okay, I got to drive this whole entire thing. And just like the windy roads through there. I'm like, I got to take this really slow just because 
hell, I don't know what the heck's around the corner. I don't know what the heck's going on. And if I take one bad move, like I'm going down the side of a mountain and I'm probably not surviving that. Yeah, but he, but I'm used to driving them like in the summer. Um, that's fine because I, I grew up in West Virginia. I mean, although the mountains aren't the same, the country roads are pretty wild. Um, and we do have mountains. Um, so in the summertime, it's not a big deal. It's just the wintertime. It's like, oh, God, it's horrifying. Um, but you can come down some of those mountains with a uh, bus and a trailer and start to smell brakes pretty quick. Uh, you know, when you're going 12 miles up and 12 miles, or, you know, 6% grade down, it, it gets pretty gnarly. But as long as there's no snow, we can handle it. Yeah, and, if, and when you come to the Midwest, too, it's like, yeah, there's going to be there's gonna be a lot of snow on the ground. But, again, everything is going to be super-duper flat pretty much. So yes. you're not well, – nothing. Yeah, it's like, and if you're gonna have to deal with like a like a curve, it's gonna be a very gradual, like long spanning curve. So you're not gonna be taking this huge cut right away. Like you, like if it's snowing outside and, and it could be icy, if you're on the if you're on the uh, interstate, I mean, you're taking one of those long gradual curves. You could take that at 40 miles an hour and not have a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember the first time we toured out to Minnesota. I didn't realize what the wind was like. This was, oh. I've been yeah, I've been touring for a long time. And I remember driving and it was snowing and the wind was really bad. It was our first like, oh, we're going out to Minnesota and the Twin Cities. And, and we'd never been to, you know, outside of our city very much. And I remember seeing rigs laying over on the side of each side of the highway, just wind and ice and blown them over. And here's our little van and trailer just chugging about 35 miles an hour for the next 15 hours. Oh, God. Because I, I lived in Minnesota for three and a half years. So that's where I went to. I went to school at the University of Minnesota. So lived there for three and a half years. And like the first winter I was there, holy shit. Like, like I've been used to Milwaukee winters. That was something completely different. Cause it was, there was a 50 day stretch where at some point during the day, the temperature was below zero. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, been out there when they're like, you can't, um, I remember getting a huge argument with somebody cause we, um, this was before we could afford hotel rooms and we were staying at somebody's house. Uh, a friend of ours, um, that was a fan of the band, let us stay at their house and one of our crew guys was like, I'm just going to sleep in the van. And the people inside the house are like, I will call the police if you don't get inside the house. You will freeze to death out there. Like, I got the heater running again. You have no idea what you're talking about. This is Minnesota weather, but, you know, 20 below zero. You will die. I will be forced to call the police on you. We finally got them to come in and stop and start to act like you had some sense. Um, but I, I just remember that the people in the house are like, I will call the police. You're leaving me with no choice. We will wake up. You, we will wake up in the morning and come out, and you will be a popsicle. And he just wasn't getting it. But the heat's on. It's like you don't know what you're talking about. And that yeah, was our minute. That was our first Minnesota tour in the wintertime. Yeah. Oh no shit. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, I can easily see that too. But again, that makes total sense that pe- people are like, you know, we're definitely going to call the cops because they just want to make sure that you're not going to freeze it. They want to make sure for your safety, even if you have a heater running. It's they don't want to end up taking you know what they don't want to end up taking the chance of that heater just not stop working or something because yeah. it's gonna get super cold in that van super quick especially in like a negative twenty de- degree night and all of a sudden shit stops just- working shit stops working at twenty below zero you know <laughs> yeah uh, even you stop you stop working yeah, at twenty yeah. degrees below zero <laughs> electrical instruments and batteries and things just stop working at that cold of a that cold of a temperature and it's like. He didn't understand. They were just trying to explain to him. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. We live here. This is dangerous. Get in the house. So finally we got him in there and everything was good. And we woke up the next morning and everything was frozen solid. And it was the coldest thing. Like when you go out, your skin hurts. It's so cold and you can feel everything. 
all the moisture in your nose and eyes start to freeze instantly. It's like, this is serious business. Yeah, there was a couple of times my senior year because I had like a townhouse style kind of apartment and every, like all my stuff was upstairs and like our like the downstairs area that me and these two other guys had it was basically just like the kitchen whatever furniture was already there a bathroom that was it there were a couple of times where we saw people that were like just outside like other other students and like kind of drunk as well and just again it's negative 20 degrees outside they're stumbling around they're falling in the snow it's like these people are gonna make it all these people are gonna die if they stay out there so we're like yeah uh just come outside just crash on here why we don't want you to die that's gonna be the that's what we're calling yeah, yeah. It's like you freeze to death. It happens. It happens quite a bit. Um, uh, especially as drunk as people get in Minnesota and Wisconsin. I'm sure they're constantly falling asleep outside. And what they say is when you freeze to death, I've never frozen to death. So I'm just going on a rumor and speculation. It's like you just kind of slowly fade off. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it, it can happen pretty easily. You just kind of, you get just kind of float away. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to make uh, extra special care that my heated jacket stays in working order. If it gets gonna it's gonna get super if it's gonna get super cold this winter, I gotta make sure that thing still works because you have you have a heated jacket that's awesome. Yeah, I used to work for a company that uh, made them. So when they were doing this whole entire thing, right, it was right before I left the company too. They had this like, oh, we're gonna do this whole entire like summer warehouse sale just for the heat the heat gear. So it was like heated jackets, heated sweatshirts, heated gloves, all that stuff. I'm like, and like you can get you can get two if you, you know, you can get one, maybe two. I'm like, well, I kind of want like four or five, but like, okay, I'm going to get one for myself. I ended up picking up one for my brother, but then, cause I was volunteering, like actually like put like selling the stuff. I tucked a little swe- heated sweatshirt away from my buddy. Who's an electrician. Cause I'm like, you're really going to want this dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's going to get crazy. You oh, think uh, it's going to be a crazy, you think it's going to be a crazy winter? Um, it's 2020. So yes. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet it's going to be nuts. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just positive, positivity, positive vibes. It's I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be one point where I'm going to wake up, I'm going to try and walk out of the house, and it's going to be impossible to because there's going to be snow blocking my the, the back door to where I live. So I'm going to have to end up jumping out the window and sliding down into the snow just to try and get out of the house. But then getting my car out of the uh, off the street is going to be a whole other problem as well. Yeah, my sister, I have a twin sister, and she uh, she worked for a company out there in, I think, Milwaukee. I think she was in Milwaukee. Um, and it was uh, the company got her an apartment and all that stuff, and they had to have a heated garage. It was, had she, they're like, you'll, you'll never make it out here without this heated garage, and you have to have a, a remote start on your car, and all these all these little things that she had to have before she could work for this company. And, and they said, because the wintertime is about to get really brutal. They had to make sure that she'd go to work. The The one that remi- I remember from Milwaukee specifically was uh, early 2019 when they had that quote unquote polar vortex when it was like negative 30 degrees out in the morning. And I still had to go to work. Like I still had to drive to work and be in the office. And there were a lot of people that were working from home, but I still had to go in. And there were, and I'm like, I know exactly how I'm dealing with this twice a day before I leave. Like, like, and space it out perfectly. I'd go outside, I'd start my car, I'd let it run for 10 minutes. And then I did that. And then by the time I left, like the engine was still somewhat warm. It wasn't completely frozen. So people were trying to start their cars left and right. And they were just stalling. They couldn't get them going because the engine was frozen over. They needed a jump. Then there's me just turn on just easy. Yeah. Spots. yeah. That's what we had a, a diesel engine bus at one point in time um, and touring to the Midwest. It was like, 
if you, if you didn't leave it running the whole time, you may never start it again as cold as it got out there. So we had that happen once where it didn't start, and then we never shut it off ever again for the rest of the tour. I don't blame um, you for that. But I do, like, I was touring in the summertime is my favorite. It's just the greatest when you can get off the bus and walk around and do whatever you want. Um, but I, touring in the wintertime, it's still pretty fun. Once you get parked and, and you're over the horrifying road conditions and you get parked in the venue and, and, and you're, you're set for the night, it's, it's still a blast. Um, it creates some challenges for sure, uh, but just being on the road, man, I miss it so much. I mean, I've said that probably five times in this, in this podcast, but it's just when it comes, when it opens back up, man, you'll see the ha- happiest dude you've ever interviewed. Oh God. Yeah. And then like when it comes to just from a fan perspective as well, I miss bands going on tour just because not everyone's going to come through my neck of the woods. I know that there are bands that they skip Milwaukee, they go to Chicago, they go to Madison or something like I can't find unless they're in Minneapolis or something. And I take the ride out there because well, going to Madison, going to Chicago, that's like nothing. That's an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. So that's easy. No, don't worry about it. Go to Minneapolis. It's like a four and a half hour drive for me because I drive fast probably illegal, but whatever. Yeah. Does it suck? But you know what? I'm used to it. And if it's going to be a band that I really want to go see and I can go see it with some of my friends that are up there, hell yeah, I'm going to go. Cause it's fucking awesome. Yeah. They got, they got great venues in the twin cities too. Um, first Avenue, the quest, there's a bunch of really cool places there. Um, the twin cities is, I mean, I remember probably eight years ago, I picked up a newspaper and there was 140 shows going on on the weekend. Holy shit. 140 different bands in the Twin Cities. And I remember thinking, if it wasn't for the winners, I would move here. Because that music is thriving. <laughs> but the winners uh, will come out in the summertime. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if, you're, if, you can't, if you can't fathom, like, you know, a, like 20 below consistently and having to deal with that, yeah, Minneapolis and St. Paul, they're not the places you're going to want to be. Not your, yeah, it's not your place. Yeah. Um, what is it? What do you travel a lot? Like, do you leave the Midwest much? Do you, you know, what's, what's your favorite place in the United States to go? Ooh, good question. Um, well, cause usually like when it comes to traveling, especially like going to shows, I mean, I'm always around the Midwest area. I, when it comes to traveling outside of like just the Midwest area, like I've been, uh, I've been to Texas when I was a kid, went to California in 2018 to do something with 30 seconds to Mars. That was fun, but I don't really what want to. Do with, what, what did you do with them? They had the whole entire like Camp Mars thing that they were doing that year. So it was like oh, the, yeah. like summer, like their like adult summer camp kind of thing. I went to that and then ended up getting to go out to uh, the thing they had because they did it again last year. But it was the first time last year they didn't just do it in California. They did one on an island just outside of Croatia. And I went to that. That was Holy fun shit. as all hell. I bet so, it was. That's cool. That's really cool. I, um, so it's like if you take a look at like because on like the Zoom call thing, like there's a little like profile picture of me. There's a picture. It's me with Jared and Shannon Leto, like all over my social media. Like that would be my profile picture still because I'm not gonna lie, it's a good picture. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's definitely. Cool. But like within uh, the U.S. though, I probably have to say outside the Midwest, I'd have to say Florida, just because I've been there a couple of times. The last time I was down there was for my dad's 60th birthday. We went because this was last year in 2019. The Daytona 500 was being run on his 60th birthday, and that's was like on his bucket list. Dude wanted to go, and we're like, yeah. okay, you know this, yeah. I was like, it was my idea. I'm like, dude, let's go, let's go do this. And it was just him and me. My brother was in Australia at the point at that time. I know he kind of regrets that because he wishes he was gonna, in Daytona with my dad and I at that point because it'd been so much more fun. But just going and seeing like certain things around there, 
especially when Saturday night was one of my favorite nights because we went to a couple of the bars around Daytona Beach. And it was a couple of weeks before the the big bike rally down there. So it was all bikers that were down there, all race fans. And we walked to the bars and they were like, they had like these, like, it was mostly outdoors, but they had some of the indoor stuff going on. And it reminded me of church festivals up here in Wisconsin, where we literally have like just these festivals that the churches put on just to raise money. And the biggest money maker that they have is selling beer. Absolutely. Just, absolutely. I, I've a, been to that. I've, um, you know, growing up in West Virginia, NASCAR was a big thing around. Um, but you, it, you don't realize how much fun it is until you actually go to the race yourself. And then you're like, oh, my God, I understand it now. This is so much fun. This is incredible. But I always thought, you know, oh, they're driving around in the circle, whatever. Um, and my friends were into it and stuff. But I went to a NASCAR race, and I've been to several since then. And it's so much fun when you're actually there. It's a, it's a night and day difference from watching it on television and being there. Oh, easily. Like we were, my dad and I, and my brother were supposed to go to the Indy 500 this year, but of course it's 2020. Fuck you COVID. So we were going to do that as well. But like the one thing I remember about these bars was it was like, you get like the, like the cover bands are playing all those eighties hard rock songs that bikers are like a lot of ZZ top, a lot of ACDC. And my dad and I are laughing hysterically because it's like, it seems like for people like us, like you would not know, like know us to be in that crowd because it's all bikers. And it's these two guys one guy that looks like that classic Midwestern dad and a kid wearing a punk rock t-shirt. But I'm like, this is just normal for us. We end up going to this one bar where they had all these different license plates on the wall from all these different, like different States, different countries even. And one of my dad's friends actually had his license plate up on there because it said gas man on it. Cause the guy's initials are G A S and, and we were trying to find it on the walls. And then all of a sudden we were looking on the walls. We couldn't find it. And then we noticed that underneath the bar where people were sitting, there were license plate underneath the bar, but we couldn't really see them. So me just not even caring about what's going on. I pull up my phone, turn on my flashlight, and I'm looking at these license plate and I'm starting to like weave through people. And all of a sudden this, these two ladies are like, excuse me, what are you doing? And I start explaining what we're, what I'm doing. Like, I'm just looking for a license plate. Try, and all of a sudden these two bikers come up and they grab me. I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. Like <laughs> they think I'm doing something kind of not right. But then all of a sudden my dad's like, hey, 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 I'm looking for this license plate. It says gas man on it. We looked everywhere and we're just trying to have the flashlight just so we can see the license plate under there. All of a sudden this is what the bikers are like. Oh shit, guys! Everyone, pull back from the bar. Let's find this license plate. And we're like, oh, yay! Yeah, yeah. That's it. we we've uh, we've done surges and done a lot of things like that um, with for the you know the biker crowd. Yeah, and they're just really nice people. They just look scary. They're just you know what I mean. They look okay. really scary, but they're just really nice people. That's what I always tell people. Like, what's it like playing a biker rally? I go, well, um, Harley's are expensive, so you know these people have good jobs and they just want to rock out and. And their hobbies are riding bikes and stuff like that. So, it, it, you know, it's got that kind of mystique and that scary kind of vibe. But they're just really nice people with really expensive bikes that want to listen to loud guitars and loud drums. And then the two and the two rules are just they look they look mean, but they're really nice. So just don't just just be respectful. You'll get along. Just yeah, fine. And two, the be- the biggest rule of all when it comes to their bikes, look, but do not touch whatsoever. <laughs> I don't even get near them. Have you ever seen the Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure, Pee Wee Herman movie? Yeah. That's Actually, what I've, I've seen that one. 
then I'm going to knock one of their bikes over and get my ass whipped by a bunch of bikers. But um, yeah, it's like those that we've done a lot of really great concerts for, um, you know, bike clubs and stuff. And what you come to find out is it's like all the money goes to charity. And, and it's like, it's a, there's some really wonderful organizations out there and they take care of you. Like you're a rock star. It's, it's pretty amazing. So, um, you know, don't fear the bikers, respect them, but don't be afraid of them. They're a bunch of nice guys. Yeah, because even like when we do like the church festivals here, because there's one of them where my dad basically runs the beer tent for it. So last year there was a point, or yeah, last year, 2019, he had to step away one day because his cousin's daughter was getting married and my mom wouldn't let him like not go. He's like, well, who's going to run the tent for me? Me and my infinite wisdom just yelled out, yeah, what about me? And then I looked up, I'm like, wait, did I actually just say that? So I had to run the tent for a night and I knew it was like, because it was the, the cover band that we had coming was from Florida, but the guy just has a huge name up here in Wisconsin. So I'm like, okay. A lot of bikers came through and I'm like, you know what? I don't care because the bikers, all I wanted to make sure was that when it came to the bartenders that I had on my side, because everyone's just slinging beer for the guys, just get the beer out as quickly as possible because that's what they want. I'm like, but then all of a sudden, like there's some, uh, the women that were there, I'm like, just be yourselves. That's all that matters. Cause those bikers, <laughs> they're going to love you. I, I find it interesting that you, I need to know more about these church festivals that sell beer. Oh, what the hell is this? What's going on out there? It's it's the way that they make a lot of their money, honestly. So what ends up happening is, is you know, when you go to church, go to, when people go to church, it's like, yeah, you're going to get the donation plate, the collection plate, people donating to the church. But when it comes to a lot of the stuff they do, it's like they still want to make a good amount of money so that they can do a lot of things that they do. And one thing that's the biggest moneymaker overall is, all right, let's give this a shot. Let's... um. Let's let's put on a festival because what ends up happening is is you're gonna get people you're gonna get those tents you're gonna get the beer tents you're gonna get these games you're gonna get the rides you're gonna get all that stuff it's like a carnival kind of thing, but it ends up being more of like a carnival for the kids and there's a beer tent you bring the live music the adults get into it and what ends up happening is people just show up in droves not as much as they used to anymore just because the generation that would do that is getting older, so they don't show up nearly as much but it's just the beer is not that expensive. Like, like we were selling like 16 ounce beers for shit, three bucks last year, I think, which for, which that ain't bad. And like, you know, you come here, you're going to listen to some eighties rock music. You're going to have a good time. Plus all the money is going to the church anyway. I remember one, like when I was a kid, the, the priest that we had there, he's like, you know what? This kind of, I was like, it's weird selling beer at a <laughs> church festival. But then he's like, but he was honest. He's like, but then we see how much money actually brings in for the church and how many things you're able to do for other people with that money. So I can't really be mad about it. Yeah, that's it's, it's hilarious that the uh, Wisconsin churches are into this. They put their hand in the festival game. <laughs> they got bands going out and carnival rides and, and beer tents. It's a it's a pretty brilliant move. From what I've Everybody seen, though, from what I've seen, though, it's pretty much mostly a Milwaukee move at this point. I like that. I like Milwaukee sounds like a wonderful place. It's a, it's a place where you come and you just drink, you just drink your ass off. You have a good time. And when it comes to the, what I'll always say this about rock music though, because when I look at the venues that are out here, especially the rave, and this is going to be like that ice nine kill show is the perfect example of it. So they put the ice nine kill show in the basement level of the rave that night. And it's like, it can hold like maybe a thousand people at the most. Then you go, or maybe 600, 700, I think. Then you go up one level. They have this like club level kind of thing. They have a balcony up top and they can hold about a thousand. Then you go to the absolute top of the, of the building. It's their Eagles ballroom, the big old ballroom that used to be like an, it was an old Eagles club. So they had like that elegant kind of oh, style. Yeah, it's been around like, for almost a hundred years. Up. And like they got that huge balcony. They're like, you can fit like 3000 people up there. 
what ended up happening was they had a pop artist up top. They had an alternative rock band in the middle. Then they had Ice Nine Kills on the bottom. And the biggest problem they had was, was they, they scheduled all three. So Ice Nine Kills sold out within like maybe a day when they announced it. I was lucky enough to just get a ticket because I'm always on top of this stuff. I'm like, hey, the tickets came out at 10 a.m. today. I'm buying and they wanted to move them up one level, but because they already had bands booked there, you couldn't really do it. And there's a lot of bands where it's like, you know, you're not necessarily sure like, oh, is rock music not doing so well because it's not being played as much on the radio or newer stuff. But then you just see these live shows and people just come out and pack the place like motionless yeah. and waiting after the burial. They had to get moved up because they got to get moved from the basement to that club level because of the amount of tickets that were being bought. And they almost had to move them into the ballroom because it was just getting to be too much. That's I mean, it's like when people say rock is dead, I'm like, I live in a city that hosts rock on the range. There's 70,000 people three days in a row that come to this concert. Doesn't look dead to me. Um, you know, we, we have a wonderful music, thriving music scene here. We have a great radio station, 99.7 The Blitz. And, and it doesn't look dead to me. It's, it's thriving. I mean, there's waves and stuff. But, you know, there's sold out shows every weekend up here when, when you know, when it's allowed to happen. Uh, unfortunately, not right now. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the Midwest, the Florida, there's there's amazing concert venues and rock and roll is all over the place. So the fact that people say rock is dead, it may not be. It's not the 80s where MTV's playing Bon Jovi every day, but uh, it's it's still alive and well. I've been there to see it. You've had your. You've had your eye split open right there in the middle of all of it. You know? I've, I've had my eye split open. I've had my nose, oh, nose almost broken. I've gotten black eyes because people are there's a large crowd of people crowd surfing, and I'm trying to hold up two people, and a third person comes in, and I only have two arms. So, yeah, that ended up happening. <laughs> say, if rock is dead, then I don't, I don't, dead things don't knock you down in the mosh pit. No, and the other thing, too, is like you take a look at festivals, like because I don't know how many people Coachella had in 2019, but I think. Louder than life actually beat them in overall capacity over the course of three days. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean the, the Danny Wimmer festivals are proof that you know Rock is not dead. I mean he's he, he's taking these these festivals and turning them into mass events, and you know the one here, the Rock on the Range, is the biggest one in the United States, um, and it's you know it rivals festivals in Europe, and you know you know Europe is rock and roll is alive and well there. No one even utters the word rock is dead there. Oh, God, so, no. I mean, yeah, I've talked to... I, with Guitar Hero and things like that, young kids got back into guitar music and and the wave of, uh, you know, Guitar Shredders is back. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's the... It, I think it's just a cool thing to say at this point. It's definitely not true. Yeah, and it's like when it comes to the younger generation as well, there are certain artists that are starting to kind of bridge that gap a little bit. While I wasn't the biggest fan of MGK's pop punk album, I do that was see pretty it good. As, I thought it was pretty good, yeah. I, my biggest thing is just like, I just didn't like, my. I just I just don't connect with his voice on a pop punk track. It just doesn't connect with me. I just That's just yeah. the way I see it. However, I do respect for the fact that there are a lot of kids that are getting back into rock because of it. And I mean, I, I'm not going to stop them because... If you're getting back, if we're getting the younger generation back into rock, holy crap, yeah, keep it coming, dude. Yeah. It's like he, I, I always liked uh, Machine Gun Kelly, and then when he played Tommy Lee, I was like, this dude's just the coolest dude ever. <laughs> and then he did a pop punk record. I'm like, I like this dude, man. It doesn't matter what he does; he's pretty cool. Yeah, and then you, and then because even like with some of those like pop shows as well, like I'm like again when I saw at the rave, it was like I'm seeing less, I'm seeing more demand for these rock and metal shows than I am for these pop shows. And these pop shows are getting the bigger venues as well because they're expecting more people to come to those. 
However, especially here in the Midwest, just when you bring in a band, like, God, I think a good example of this one. Okay, last year, July, it was uh, like one of five shows this year that that year was going to be this. It was Of Mice and Men and Evanescence. And the, oh, day, yeah. and the day and the day of of mice and men had to pull out because Aaron Polly got sick, oh, and it's man. like I gotta, I gotta let my cat out real quick. He's freaking out. Hang on. Okay. Well, for everyone, there is the cat. If you're watching the video, you know it's you know us on the podcast. We love animals, so it just makes a lot of sense. Have you seen the? Uh, have you seen? I think it came out yesterday. Um, the new TV show that uh, Alice Cooper and Lizzie Hale are doing. Um, um, I, I read about it. It was, uh, yeah, because it's Alice Cooper, Lizzie Hale, and, like, a couple other people that are doing the this. Guy from, the guy from uh, Animals as Leaders. Um, yeah, Kellen Quinn's hosting it. Sleeping with Sirens, I think. Yeah, that's Kellen Quinn. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're doing a American Idol thing, and it's called No Cover. Um, it's Hit Parader. Um, Hit Parader magazine used to be really big when I was younger. Um, and they're doing it. It's called No Cover. Um, so it's original bands. They're not coming up, and it's it's like the it's a big middle finger to American Idol, and they want to give a platform to unsigned bands that play right original music. So I saw that come across my newsfeed um, yesterday, and I thought it was a really cool thing. It was a really great idea. And Lizzie Hale's a wonderful person. Um, she's awesome. she's just authentic and honest. Um, so if she's involved with it. It's probably pretty cool. If Alice Cooper's involved with it. Gotta be, he's just the coolest. So it okay. seems like something cool that, that you know, seems like a uh, you know, like like we were talking about earlier. If Rock is dead, well, they just got a TV show with its ghost, yeah. And I and I hope to God it works out well because, like, again, I'm the one talking to a lot of these like unsigned bands, a lot of these independent bands as well. And I love talking to them because they have incredible music that I'm listening to, I get to talk about it, and seeing bands that are really coming up right now that are coming out with just some absolutely incredible albums. I mean. One of my favorite albums from the year is easily uh, Rises Equals by Saul. It's their debut album. And that album just yeah. fucking smacks. It is incredible from top Those to bottom. Guys, yeah, they're nice dudes too. Uh, super cool dudes. They're out of Iowa. The Midwest band. Yeah, it's, you got to go to the Midwest, man. I'm telling you. When it comes to rock metal, rock and metal, everybody, just come to the Midwest. Or, I mean, there's always pockets in Texas and Florida. Florida's its own thing. I'm just not going to lie. Florida's on its yeah, own. Yeah, and they create some crazy stuff. And then also, like, somewhere up, like, kind of go to the Northeast as well, like Massachusetts, New York. Like, they got some stuff going on. But, like, when it comes to the Midwest, I mean, like, I always take a look at the bands that I absolutely love. Like, some of my favorite bands, most of them, like, they come straight out of Chicago. Rise Against, Disturbed Start out of Chicago, Chevelle. And then it's just like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And they, uh, the, the fans in the Midwest are, are the best. It's like if you do a festival in Florida, it's going to be good. You do it in, in Wisconsin, it's going to be twice as big. The, the fans in, in Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota and, and just that area are just, they're just crazy. They're just they're coming to the rock shows. Rock is, is alive and well in the Midwest. And it's a, you know, all f- bands from my level to the big bands favorite places to play is, is the Midwest. Promise no, you that. No, I'm really glad I still live here. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. You're, like that w- you're really lucky. You know, you're really lucky. Like you said, with where you're at, with being so close to Chicago and being so close to Madison. I mean, Madison, they, they put on free shows, uh, you know, taste of Madison and uh, what's the other one brought fest and stuff like that. It's like, they're, it's just that, that radio station out there is wonderful and their fans are loyal and, and, and they're just, it's just great for rock and roll music. You know, like I said, yeah. the Midwest, everybody knows, everybody that's in a band knows that 
it's going to be a great time when you start heading heading that direction. Yeah, because I'm hoping that everything like once 2021 come back comes in, I hope everything opens up because I have this whole entire idea that I've been workshopping for about half a year now, and I'm totally going to make shit happen. Where because unfortunately, because one of the big festivals here in Wisconsin, Rock USA, they're no longer going to be because of the of the impact on COVID. And with their parent company declaring bankruptcy before the end of the year is out, which is very unfortunate. However, in Eau Claire, it's outside of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, in Kadat, there's a festival called Rock Fest. It was always the same weekend. And I'm making oh, yeah. sure I, I'm making sure I can go to that. And the, my whole entire premise was because again, I like going love go I love going to those kind of festivals, but one of my ideas was I'm gonna rent me a Winnebago so I have a little bit more space myself. But the whole purpose behind it is, is I'm gonna pack the Winnebago with coolers. I'm gonna have beer, water, Gatorade, what the hard hard alcohol, whatever you guys want. And I'm gonna invite bands that I've talked to because there's like seven or eight on the list to come out, actually hang out and do like a quick little like 10, 15 minute thing in person, and then just share a drink, whatever you guys want. If you're straight edge and you don't want alcohol, I got you covered. If you just want water, hey, I got you. You want Gatorade? Boom, I got you covered. You want to share a beer? Hell yeah, that's, I'm good with that. Right on, right. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. Just kind of keep up that whole entire like party mentality, but also you know it's gonna be. You're also it's like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be talking to me, but then all of a sudden you're gonna see me and you're gonna be going on stage in like an hour, and then you're gonna see me just getting thrown around the pit because I just find that fun. And after three days, I'm going to want to just leave because I'm going to be like, I just gave it all for three days. Yeah, I'm on no sleep. Thing about, that's the uh, beautiful thing about the RV. You can go crash out whenever you want. Don't have to drive. It's right there. Unfortunately, I'm the only one driving. So got to get me all those energy drinks. Just like. Have you never have you never been to a festival where you could stay on the premises? I have, but I'm usually not the one that's been driving. <laughs> to or from well, you don't you don't have you can park your rv for three days you can buy the camping pass and stay there and it's a game changer when you can when the show's over you can go off and crash out of sleep and wake back up yeah. early in the morning it's it's a it's an yeah. experience it's a that's the way we do it well that's my whole plan with the winnebago too because it's like then i can crash in there as well and then i have like a set spot so that as the bands that kind of come by and hang out like maybe they talk to some of the other bands that are there and they want to come and hang out and then i'm always in that set spot so it's like okay you know exactly where you're going and then i'm hoping like you know with all like the with all the coolers and just being able to hang out just keep it more of a relaxed kind of thing more fun you want to come have a drink whatever it might be just kind of have that like have that positivity going and have that just like yeah we want to go talk to this guy kind of feel you got to get a a flag made with your logo on it big huge flag flying from the rv so they know where to go I've got I've got cousins that'll be able to make that. They got a whole entire screen printing business nice. that, that they've been working on for like 13 years at this point. So I'd be like, hey guys, make me this flag. And they'll be like, sure. Massive. Yeah, massive. <laughs> Whipping around in the wind. So everybody knows where to go. Hey, I'm gonna my, need... phone's about, my phone's about to die. Okay. And because we're about that hour and a half point. So that's perfect. So, um, I mean, this was an incredible conversation. I know we got under the music with the Flash Gordon cover right away. And... What, uh, people, again, you should check out whatever they have online right now with their three other singles, like Real Big Trouble, which I'm big on, also The Lonely One, and Eternal Sadness. And before we leave, Marty, uh, the the, la- the floor is yours to end this. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, like I said, we're going to keep putting out music um, probably every four weeks, something like that. I'd like to do it a little quicker than that, but I think four weeks is probably about right to give people enough time to digest what we're putting out. Um, everyone's been incredible. Um, we were in a band called Bogleflex before 
Um, my brother left the band to, to uh, be a full-time dad at home with his daughter. Um, so the, the remaining four of us, um, you know, started the Lonely Ones. We, 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 this is what we do. Um, and our fan base from that, you know, from that band followed us over. Um, so we're really, really lucky. Um, that really, everything's really exciting. I mean, like I said, you know, during the pandemic, it's a little weird, but we're still super excited and still super hopeful and still having a blast. And um, our fans are the reason why that we're able to do this stuff. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Um, so, you know, opportunities like this and stuff, it still blows me away that people want to talk to me. And, um, so, yeah, I just, I couldn't be happier. Um, it'll be incredible when everything opens back up. But for now, it's, you know, we couldn't thank our fans and, and fans of music and fans of hard rock for, for giving us a chance and giving us a listen. And, and we promise that uh, we'll keep new stuff coming your way. And when it comes to all the fans that you already have, they're listening to this again, when it, um, if you need to find them on anything, when it comes to social media, when it comes to where to stream their music, where to listen to their music, instead of just, you know, trying to find the lonely ones online and like search for them, just take a look at the description of this podcast. I mean, I'm going to have all the links, everything sparsed out for you. So it's going to be there. It's going to be a one-stop shop kind of thing. So if you're in the lonely ones already, awesome. If you're not get into them right now. Alrighty. Well, Marty, thank you very much for being on the podcast. And I'm not saying goodbye on this one due to the fact that, well, I want to talk to you again, even go more in depth with your music than we did, because we talked a lot about just life and just what's going on in 2020 touring, all that great stuff. Plus I also want to see you live at some point. So I'm not saying goodbye. So how about we end it with my favorite thing? See you later. See you soon. Whoa, 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 well, folks, that was my interview with Marty from the band The Lonely Ones. And if that podcast proved anything, it is that rock is not dead. So please, please, please check out their cover of Flesh. Ah, Savior of the Universe. That was applauded by both Flash Gordon himself, Sam Jones, and Brian May, the guitarist of Queen, who originally wrote that song. So totally check that out. Check out their original stuff as well because it is just as good and when 2021 rolls around hopefully we'll get back to live shows because you're going to want to see these guys live so keep them on their radar um follow subscribe to everything they have again links in the description below follow all our stuff as well and that's me yeah that's gonna be it for me today guys thank you guys for watching listening to the chord progression podcast but msotd rocks where rock and metal thrive my name is kevin and you guys know how i end every single one of these episodes of the big healthy and hearty see yeah. Yeah.